0: You're listening to Bits and Pieces on Sunrise Robot. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Duncan, out of Gelsenkirchen, in Germany. And I'm your other host, Michael Edwards, out of Denver, Colorado. And we thrive on the support of our listeners, so please check out sunriserobot.net support to see some ways you can help us out. Episode 30. We're in our 30s right. now. You can tell
1: us something about that. <laughs> I can tell you everything about that. It means that 3 times 10 is now something we are. <laughs> or 6 times 5, if you prefer. <laughs> yeah, we got it. We're, we're on our 30th episode. It feels good. We haven't missed a week, have we? I've missed a week, but the show has never missed a week, which is the more important thing. We always ship... And uh, we're here to talk music news and uh, life as an artist and listener. Um, hopefully not just random news, but stuff that we find interesting and worth discussion. And I think we've got some good topics today. Um, first off, before we even get to our intended topic list, we discovered um, sort of the pains of content deals between countries because as, as you if you're a follower of the show, you know we keep a Spotify playlist and every song we pick every week, if possible, we throw into this playlist um, depending on Spotify's library. But it turns out Spotify's library is not one thing, it's many things that depends on where you live. And we were bit by that today because I was looking at our playlist and I was wondering why uh, Matt's pick of the week from last week, which was by the band Get Well Soon. Um, was not in the playlist. And he's like, yeah, it is. But it doesn't tell me like, you know, you think it maybe it could put a grayed out entry and say, this is in this playlist, but sorry, you aren't able to listen to it, which still doesn't really help me, but at least lets me know um, what was intended to be in the playlist um but instead we had to do some troubleshooting and Matt sent me a direct link a direct Spotify link to the song and uh, indeed there's a message that says this track is currently unavailable in the United States and it tells me that I need to have a local copy of the song if I want to play it in Spotify that sucks um I don't usually have to I don't usually have to encounter that because the US gets played favorites by a lot of these companies they they work they're hardest on U.S. content deals.
0: Yeah, now you know what it feels like to be German on YouTube. I don't get <laughs> anything there, like nothing, not even live streaming. Um, I'm, I'm really wondering now oh, um, no. when YouTube um, has this YouTube gaming, this live streaming. If they, until then, have some kind of deal that we as Germans actually can use this otherwise i don't i can't see it taking off on, on like like twitch but yeah this this is definitely not cool um i was really sure that the, the those songs were in there and um which also made me wonder that maybe there were some songs that i could have put in the playlist but they were not available for me in germany so, um, we basically would now have to go through a whole list of pickers of the week and see if you can put them in or anybody can put them in. Maybe there's yeah. some tracks that you can only listen to in Iceland and we have to have an Icelandic listener there to put those into our playlist. But yeah, yeah. Th- the least they could have done is just, um, gray them out. I mean, it usually happens if I, if I were to put a song in there that's just on my hard drive, that's not on Spotify at all um yeah there's no chance but it usually i think shows those as grayed out um but it's just completely um not saying anything about that's not cool spotify please but that's just one more thing that i can add to my list of things that suck about spotify's ui
1: yeah in this in this case it's the invisible which actually was biting icloud people the other month on flipping tables where they didn't know they had deleted their files (laughs) yeah um which is a lot more severe and and personally damaging. Um, In this case, it's just songs that we can't listen to in certain places, Um, which is the whole point of that part of the podcast, but whatever, we can move on. Yeah. Um, um, we, we usually i mean we usually post youtube
0: links or something else where we are pretty sure that it's somehow accessible to most people on around the yeah. globe so um if those tracks really don't show up but you want to listen to them check out the youtube links in our show notes
1: but, but you savvy listener you have internet skills if, if you really want to hear more of a song we feature you know how to find it Come yeah. on, believe in yourself um Alright, let's get on with the show. So, we've got some good articles here. Um, this first one's this video you shared called The Speaking Piano. You wanna tell <laughs> us a little bit about this one? Yeah, sure. Um,
0: I once saw this on German television and then rediscovered it uh, last week on YouTube and somebody was actually kind enough to put subtitles on it. Although uh, in advance, if you watch this video, the subtitles are annotations, not actually the subtitle function. So um, if you don't see those, you should watch them on some kind of medium um, where you can actually see those annotations. Otherwise, you won't probably understand a word. Um, except for the words that those pianos pianos speaking because um somebody built a piano um or kind of modified a piano with some machines that play the piano exactly to um to yeah MIDI score. It's like an old West in, in the old Western movies with an automatic piano um and you put a scroll in there with MIDI notes and air quotes and it would play those. Except this is so mechanical that it actually mimics the frequencies of human speech. Or it is able to get very close to it. Like as close as you can get with a um, with a regular piano. And so they had this boy read out and, and record him uh, speaking some some kind of declaration. And fed that through this piano and with subtitles you can actually really understand the human voice in there you can even really understand that um once you heard the boy talking that it's actually his voice not anybody it's not like this um classic neutral vocoder effect that's just completely without soul or anything no it's this boy talking through a piano
1: yeah and it's, it really like makes a lot of sense now that I think of it, but the, the actual engineering that went on to make this happen is tremendous. And, uh, so, I mean, if you think, you know, piano 88 key, a full grand piano is a pretty wide frequency range with like a reasonable amount of granularity. Um, that uh, you see some of the pictures of the, the computer screen, you can tell there's like the actual waveform of the boy speaking and then sort of the MIDI transcription where it's turned, you know, it's almost like bit crushed um, yeah. his audio wave into piano notes. So, it's like an approximation of his voice, his actual voice sample in piano keys and uh, just having not just that, the software side where you're interpreting... Um, an actual audio waveform and turning that into notes, but then the physical connection to actually have a machine that can play a real piano, um, with enough, um, responsiveness and fast and slow and, uh, um, the, the way the deftness that these little rods that are striking the keys um, so that it can actually represent the MIDI nose accurately, and uh then the result where you actually hear a voice, yeah it's a garbled it's like a it's really it is kind of like a bit crush or a compressed voice, but it's it's tremendous and it's kind of reminds me of that was it n p r article where they had yeah. the the garbled computer speech where after you see the transcription, your brain now has a pattern um and and you you actually hear it No, I was blown away. this was cool. I would love
0: to play the sample right now, but I don't think it would really make that much sense because you really do need the subtitles. There's, there's some words you can understand, but, um, you really gotta watch this video, especially then, uh, because of the, uh, the people who build it talking about how they build it and, and especially what yeah. they're trying to say with it. I mean, this is an art piece. Um, it, it was on our German arte on art channel, a cooperation with the French television and, uh, yeah, yeah, they always show such cool stuff and I was uh, glad to find this on Reddit. Yeah,
1: so find that link in our show notes, which you can find at sunriserobot.net slash bits and pieces slash 30. And we promise list. you that those show notes will be available worldwide. They are not yes. region locked. <laughs> Gamer will not block this website. I hope. <laughs> I hope. Uh, <laughs> um, so we've we, we made some hay about Apple Music. We always talk about Spotify. We even talked about RDO, which I actually intend to go check out again. Um, but in streaming platform news, we have a Kim.com's Baboom, uh, which is not red arsed, but it does have lots of music. And I actually went and signed up for an artist account. Uh, I didn't really set myself up yet, but I yeah, you know, grabbed <laughs> my URL. I grabbed my <laughs> slash Michael Edwards before anyone else could, but... Um maybe I'll switch it to Suda Michael. I haven't decided. Anyway. Um Yeah, um, what were your thoughts on this? Did you dive in? Did you listen um, to a bunch?
0: I took it for a ride for for um yeah, for 15 minutes or so. Um uh the first thing that really struck out to me that at the first look at if you look at the charts on there, like the top plate or something. Um I didn't see a single triple A artist like the artists you would usually see on any other charts in the top 10. Like there there were some names I've heard before, but there were not the big ones, the really really big ones with millions of cash behind them. So um at least in in that regard um they definitely checked a mark on my list. Um because I mean that's that's kind of what kim.com was inten- intending with this uh platform to to be for the in indie artists. And um, the UI looks good. I mean, it's okay. It's it's very responsive. i um, going back to the Spotify UI, <laughs> which is far from responsive. Um, responsive in the way that not if I uh, resize the, the window that it shrinks down. But what I mean is that if I click on something, I want something to happen, not wait for a minute for it to happen. And even now, I just open it in a tab and it works directly. Um, yeah, but what's in... And, and also... Um, I listened to some songs. The audio was fine. Like, I I don't know if they're streaming. I guess they're streaming with 128. I mean, they're all streaming with that, I think. And it, that's okay for streaming for me. Um, yeah. Where it really gets interesting um, is when you set yourself up for being an artist. There. And it's good to hear that you also did so. Um, I haven't uploaded anything yet, but also just wanted to grab my profile and be, be ready with this. So um, it's set up this way that you can just register as a user and then you can set up an artist profile and just put your music on there. And that's it. No distributor, no online labels, no real labels. Just put it on there and that's good. It's like Bandcamp in that way.
1: Yeah. And I really appreciated that. I didn't have to go to DistroKid or CD Baby and, you know, yeah. sign a year-long agreement. No or or anything. Per album. How many songs are on this thing, you know? Is this for business or pleasure? Like, what are you doing <laughs> in this musical country? Paper or plastic. Um, <laughs> just, like, whatever. Like, music doesn't have to be albums. doesn't have to be singles. It can be whatever collection you decide you are organizing what you are putting out as. And, uh, you know, that's that's what... It does feel like Baboom is internet native. It's built from the ground up to be a web thing and not not just a, a catalog of the history of music. Which, you know, is its biggest defect is if you care about the, the traditional labels, which do still have huge amounts of content that is good. Um, yeah, you're not going to find that on Baboom. But, you know, you can keep your Spotify free account and use that or you know have one of the other services but i'll be keeping an eye on this i think you know they've got the they've got a lot of things right just at first glance Uh, it's just whether you know the question is always will people flock to it will it become kind of a bastion of um, musical culture yeah i really like how
0: uncomplicated it is um it does remember me a little bit of this one story we talked about once where somebody um uploaded an Ashley Simpson album to iTunes and got it past any checks that could have happened and <laughs> could, uh, could have prevented this um I mean right now I could upload the Skrillex album on Baboom, and I don't know if they check this before I I mean I guess they would have to check it um before I actually get paid but um there's the this could happen. Let's let's see if this happens. Um, I, I'm going to keep an eye on the news. If somebody just uploads anything there, but, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's basically like um, it's a bit like Bandcamp, but it's a streaming service. Most for, first and foremost, like I guess it makes sense. I would wish for Bandcamp to do a little bit more in the streaming realm because the the music consumption does shift towards streaming. I mean, we've we've been talking about this for the last 29 episodes. And um, while I do like to browse Bandcamp, listen on there and download some people's music, sometimes I just want to put them in my Spotify playlist and they're not all on there. Now with the yeah. boom, you get both of them. You you kill two birds with one stone. You can put your music on there. Everybody can stream it through the internet. Maybe they, I don't know if they have an app out yet, but I'm guessing they probably will in the future. So um, it's just one place for everything. That's
1: great. I agree. Um, there's gonna, there's gonna be a reckoning eventually. There, there can't be 15 equally viable streaming platforms that survive. I I really think it'll come down to a couple. Um, and unfortunately Apple may be able to muscle into being one of them by virtue of just being huge, but we'll see. Um, I, I always love seeing the internet native side, um, do what it can do. And, uh, you know be web friendly from the start and not not start from like a clunky side and try to get good eventually which is how I view apple music is like oh you're thinking like iTunes and you're trying to become more internetty instead of immediately flipping to the other side so we have yeah. some other interesting articles here we had we this one from uh the the loop um what is this the loop loft you know <laughs> Whatever that is. Um, and this is a little web app that uh, lets you tap along with your keyboard or mouse um, to test how smooth and steady you are with rhythm. So at first, it, it has a kick drum going that you tap along with to, to find the, the speed. And then the, the kick drum fades out. And for about 10 seconds or so, you're expected to keep tapping away at a steady clip. And uh, it rates you, you get more points the more accurate you are. And if you're too slow or too fast, um, it, you don't get as many points and you might even get zero points. Um, and I couldn't tell exactly what it sounds like. The, 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 the kick drum beat continues in, as an invisible metronome and you're measured, um, whether you, you stay along with it, not whether, you know, even if you got off the metronome, if your current speed is accurate, you know, you, you could score a maximum of a thousand and I never got a thousand. How did you do?
0: um i got around 870s i've done this multiple times in recent days whenever i somebody posted it and for some reason everybody right now posts this uh, any musician friend i have online um every every time i tried it and i always get like 872 873 like around this corner and uh, what's interesting is that while i'm tapping i'm usually noticing where i got faster like i'm i'm i kind of detect the errors while I'm doing them and then I try to correct those by going a little bit like if I went slow uh, slower I try to get a bit faster and I don't know if this is detecting it in the right way um, as you just said is it just absolute rhythm or is it relative to the, the speed you had before that yeah. and um, kind of depends on that because I mean if you're playing to a metronome and you're tracking and you're recording something you have to stay on the metronome, the absolute metronome. If you're playing in the band and everybody gets a little bit slower, but everybody does, it's not that big of a problem. So um, maybe you'd have to have two modes there or two kind of scores there, but I think that would get too complicated easily.
1: Yeah, I also scored around there. I had anywhere from 830 to 890. It was once I, I got up to 890, but I haven't been able to consistently reproduce that. And it's always like it's just a, a game of overcorrection or it's like, Oh, I was a little slow. And next time I'm way too fast. Cause yeah. I like, keep, like keeps going, trying to overcorrect. Um, but it's always fun to try these things in, just to remember, oh yeah, humans are very sloppy, we're oh, very yeah. uneven. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed and, that today I was
0: um kind of updating a song of mine to prepare it for an, for an upcoming EP, and I, I listened back to it. And any time I listened to it, I noticed that the guitar in there is just sometimes really offbeat and because i just released it really quickly i didn't fix it the first time around and now i listened to it oh god yeah you um, cringe every time yeah if you thankfully leave it. thankfully i didn't have to completely re-record it i i'm just i'm really dirty with this i'm just using ableton's time warping and uh, as long as there are no artifacts introduced i'm just good with that like uh, i okay. talked about this before when we talked a little bit about altitude um it's okay. I think it's okay. If you don't hear it, whatever. I I mean, I could have played it again. It's just it saved five minutes of my day. Um, just be time warping it instead of just re-recording it. So then we have this article on churches um, in which churches claim that they would sell more albums if they presented themselves as a solo act. Now, without getting more into this article for now, um, I, I read this headline and I thought, yeah i think i think they could <laughs> i think they definitely could like um trying to sell a band and trying to sell a solo female vocalist i can see where where why this would be easier to do um, especially if you're doing like this electro pop thing um suddenly it's just pop usually if you just have a vocal list of a female vocalist as as the artist itself people just call it pop music they don't Call it any subgenre of pop music usually it's just pop and pop sells better than any subgenre like electro
1: pop yeah the more the more hyphens you introduce, the more niche it is and the more people go I don't know if I like that whereas if it's just pop or maybe indie pop because it's like it's like cool but it's pop it's accessible but it's cool um, <laughs> you can get a lot of people on that bandwagon, but yeah you know electro funk jazz fusion dance pop you're like okay i don't know what that is (laughs) dream pop you forgot dream pop yeah that's for critics to to throw on but yeah you're better off just saying yeah it's music
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so um in the article itself they said that early on they um made sure that they would never like have separate interviews like they would always show up as a as a band as one unit and um there were well some instances where only the, the singer showed up on a on the um cover of a magazine, but always in there the actual article was always all three of them. So um yeah. I can I, I I really like this approach. Like um early on they said we are a band. We're not just um producing for her. She's producing with us, or we're all producing these songs together. Like we're one unit. Um I I don't think that this is inherently a negative thing. Um, I I think about uh, Marina and the Diamonds. Like, that's, that's just her, but she has her band behind her. Um, I guess they all change from time to time. But um, she presents herself as just a solo singer. And I think it's okay. She's still very much independent in the sense that um she doesn't seem like she has to do what any label dictates but um she she seems very free in what she does
1: yeah and they seem to like even though they were saying yeah we could have made more had a bigger splash if we were a solo artist presentation they seem to be totally like they're saying but we did this for a reason we want to be yeah. we believe in the longevity of churches as a a group as a band and not as a solo artist and so they, they wanted to set themselves up for that path and so even though they were saying this they weren't like it wasn't like a tinge of regret like oh man why didn't we do that <laughs> it was more like yeah we could have done that but we're so indie we we don't need to sell as many <laughs> or something
0: i would like to see some statistics on that on the kind of life expectancy of a solo artist with a label or a band with a label like if there's some general. um trends there if if actually um solo artists are just um have a shorter career for that in that sense
1: well it may be that bands are more bombastic just because there's more personalities to get angry and and dissolve (laughs) that even though you can replace them the band is never really the same after you replace certain people um I don't know. How would you line it up? Yeah. I mean, you've got U2 and Rolling Stones and all these classic rock bands that have been around for decades, but then you, you have Bruce Springsteen, you have Bob Dylan, you have all these solo artists. I just saw Jackson Brown at Red Rocks and um, I don't know. It feels like you'd be able to line up more single artists because musicians are probably going to keep being musicians. Mm -hmm. And if you're good, you can have that long career. But if you're relying on having four people agree to be a thing, seems like that's more volatile. That's not data. You asked for data. I just decided to speculate for (laughs) a few
0: minutes. I was just thinking, uh, any ideas on a spontaneous gig report as you were at a gig recently?
1: Oh, like the James Brown or Jackson Brown, not James Brown. (laughs) Uh, Jackson Brown was amazing. I'm not traditionally like I'm not a, a, a super fan. I don't listen to Jackson Brown normally. Um, but the, this was one of the best sounding shows I've been to in a long time. Um, Red Rocks is kind of known as one of the best venues there that exists anywhere. Um, and usually when you get to shows of the scale where there's, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people in attendance, like, you know, I, I'm really bad at guessing crowds. There was easily over a thousand, maybe, I don't know. I'm not even going to speculate. There was, it was packed. Red Rocks was packed to capacity and, uh, Normally shows of that scale, arena shows, stadium shows, like the sound suffers dramatically trying to scale to that size. Red Rocks can pull it off. And some of that's just the weird natural landmark that it is embedded inside of a natural amphitheater. Um, but the sound was perfect. I could hear everything. There was a lot going on and it all sounded so good. And, uh, you know, it made me like Jackson Brown's music more than I ever had been able to appreciate before. Because uh, what he is up to really came through um, very powerfully. So whether he was on piano or acoustic or you know, slide guitar is not really my thing, but the guy who was playing slide guitar was probably one of the best slide guitarists <laughs> that exists, and it was just really impressive. And uh, no, I, I was I would absolutely go again. It was a fantastic concert. There was no, um, there was no opener. He played for almost three hours. Wow. Um, he didn't even like, you know, about two hours in, he was like, we're not even going to do the artifice of walking off stage and making you cheer and coming back. Like, uh, he was just like, we're going to maximize our time. Here we go. I'm just going to keep playing songs. And, um, for someone who's, I think he's in his seventies now or he's close, um, it was just like, wow, this is why this guy is famous. Like He he writes good songs, (laughs) he's still going, he's still really good and then his show is actually amazing. So, yeah, spontaneous gig report, nothing but praise for what he was able to do. Great. So, with that said, is live music dead? (laughs) I don't know. Were you on Tinder while being at this live gig? (laughs) Yeah, I was just swiping through girls left and right on Tinder. Um... (laughs) No, um, so explain this <laughs>
0: um there is this article about um a um a live gig producer or promoter. I think he was from Australia who has the hypothesis hypothesis that um Tinder would be killing the live music industry or live music in general and um the thought comes uh it comes from the thought that um people were visiting live gigs for meeting people and really meeting people or in air quotes, hooking up with people. And since we've got Tinder now, um, we don't need the middleman anymore. We don't need those live shows anymore to meet with people
1: and hook up with them. I don't really see where he's coming from what's what's it, your opinion on this? Even just hearing you say this out loud, it sounds even more stupid to me because, okay, I'm using an app and I, you know, oh, that person looks interesting and we might have a lot in common and I think they're attractive. Yes. And then they do the same thing to you. And that's how the app works is it only tells you if you both say you're interested in each other. And uh, what are you going to do then? It's not like instantly, hey, want to move in with me? Let's start our lives together. Let's not Let's not do any real world activities. No, you're going to go to bars and shows and events and you're going to meet this person in the real world. Um, I, I don't see how live music is really like, I still want to go to a pub with this person <laughs> that I might be interested in. Like, why, why is that suddenly not interesting just because an app is how we met initially? Yeah, Um, you still want to do things with people, so it just sounds insane. But also, if you define live music as really just for hooking up, which I'm not saying it never is, like people go clubbing and you know to dance clubs because they want to grind on someone and (laughs) and probably end up in a bedroom eventually. And it's like even if that doesn't happen, you kind of just want to get drunk and dance and have fun. And I don't see Tinder destroying that. Like people are still going to do that, Um, but it's weird to me to define music as pretty much just that like there's entire huge audiences and even couples that have been with each other for months and years still go to live music they still go to shows of bands they like so all this just seems pretty hollow to me
0: yeah um maybe it's just that i i never really went to live shows um because I just wanted to see some live music. Because I always wanted to see some specific live music, some specific artist that I want to see. I go there because I want to see this artist perform. If I met somewhere, along someone along the way, if I make good friends there because of this musical connection, or I, even if I had met my uh, significant other there, um, great, nice byproduct. But um, the the goal when I go to a live show is probably listening to live music. Yeah. Um, so I don't, as you said, like with any other venue, it doesn't really have to be live music. Um, any venue that uh, thrives on that would now say, oh, Tinder is killing our industry. And um, I don't know if I, I haven't uh, looked at my at, at the um, entertainment uh, area here in Gelsenkirchen. There is no great entertainment <laughs> area. Um, if they are all closing shop because of Tinder, but I don't think that's happening.
1: But how would it not happen that you go, oh... I, me and this person on tinder both like insert band yeah they're so. coming to town hey want to go to that show like how does that not still happen <laughs> right <laughs> so it just seems i don't know i don't get it and i mean yeah maybe technology will disrupt like some of the main avenues people do meet each other is out at bars and drinking and even though i don't think that's going to change dramatically i think a a a, a dark place that's open late that serves you mind altering substances <laughs> is going to be a thing that humans still enjoy, probably until we're extinct. Um, but yeah, technology is going to change that, and maybe there will be other formats that we accomplish the same thing. But this guy's, I don't think this guy is the entrepreneur that figured out the secret that Tinder was destroying <laughs> bars. Um, he's not that guy. Nope. Ah, shall we get on to picks of the week?
0: Yeah, that'd be great.
1: So, if you're new to our show, as every week we pick, uh, we each pick one song we think is great in some way that we enjoyed. Um, we, we tend not to do stuff we hate or to just shit on things not we actually want to. Not yet. Um, we, we tend to try to enjoy and celebrate things. And so, um, do you want to go first?
0: Yeah, sure. My pick of the week is Adabizi Shank with International Dream Beat. From the album and I have to name this album. This is the second album of a band called Adobe Shank. The first album is called This is the album of a band called Adobe Shank. Um I guess you can probably guess what their third album is called, so I'm not gonna name that. Um they make some really, really interesting um Kind of math, rocky, electronic rock stuff. Well, the, the electronic parts are are very really minor, but um, there's some electronic stuff in there. Um, a lot of automation going on, and things that are triggered by other things. And the guitarist has an arsenal of crazy weird digital effects that do stuff that i've never heard of from any other guitarist yet so a lot of pitch shifting going on a lot of time stretching and uh some looping so um if if you dig what i'm going to play now you should really check out some live videos of those guys um you will see some really smashing drums a bassist with a red mask on his face i've never seen his face to this date it looks really strange and a uh, guitarist with the tightest pants you've ever seen so Here's a short sample of International Dream Beat. did you think of the song
1: so i th- i found this song just to be overwhelmingly quirky and energetic and and happy sounding like you know it's very technical there's you, know, you mentioned some like math rock elements um the drum fills are very fast and tight and perfect and um there's lots of uh, swiftly and deftly used samples that kind of garble rhythmically and uh all that is is in a very very i can't help but say it again energetic and playful way and so Um, and you know, around three minutes, there's kind of this, like, you know, it almost hints at becoming like this inspiring emotional buildup, but that's not really exactly what the song is. It's really just this explosively happy sound. And so that's the vibe I got from it. And I enjoyed from it, um, for an instrumental song, it had a tremendous amount of personality. And what was your pick of the week? So my pick of the week was uh, a band called The Districts and their song Fourth and Roebling or Reebling or Roebling. I don't know how to say that word. Um, I'm making it more complicated than it needs to be. And this is a kind of a straight ahead rock song. Um, there's some distortion on the vocals and, uh, you know, it's very upbeat. It's got a little bit of swing to it. Um, and, uh, most of the song is like decent and pretty okay. And then towards the end of the song, which is what I'll feature in the sample in a moment, is uh, there's this long buildup that kind of explodes into the loudest part of the song. And that's when the song went over the edge of like, oh, this is kind of good to like, oh, I really enjoyed this. And uh, so let's just hear a little bit of the District's 4th and Roebling. So one of the things that, you know, never read the comments. I have like a weekly ritual of reading them anyway. And uh, some people were very dismissive of the song. And because uh, the distortion on the vocals and some of the vibe of it, the baseline maybe, um, people are like, oh, it's just the Strokes 10 years ago. Yeah, like they owned that. Yeah, like, yeah. First off, like the Strokes weren't immediately leveled with a similar complaint of like, oh, they're just doing this, Um, Pixies or whatever, Not probably not Pixies, but... um, yeah, the, I can hear it. Like when people say, "Oh, he sounds like like he's got a similar effect that Julian Casablancas used in The Strokes." Fine, but it's really not a Strokes song. I don't, I couldn't see The Strokes of having ever played this exact kind of song. And that's just back to our, you know, several weeks ago, we talked about how people can, even when they're intending to compliment, when they make comparisons like this, it can be very dismissive or reductive. In this case, they were every, with every fiber they're being intending to be reductive. And I didn't find that. I enjoyed this song on its own merits. I didn't think it was just a stroke song or something like that. And, uh, so what, I mean, what did you make of this song?
0: um i i really like the overall sound of the song which definitely was um imprinted by a lot of fuzz and distortion and rawness like as you said on the vocals there's a lot of fuzz going on on the bass and i just love that i never really did music myself or made music myself that would lend itself to this kind of production because i don't do this kind of rock stuff usually but um I really love it. I really love it when it's really distorting and and fuzzy. And um, yeah, I definitely also, uh, I read those comments and thought, yeah, that could be the strokes, but not really. Nope. Uh, Forget about it. Um, and yeah, also this, this build up at around three minutes that it starts at around three minutes. Like, I always like it when, when a song takes a dive at the end and deconstructs itself for a little bit and then just ri- keeps rising, keeps rising till the, the actual climax at the end of the song, not like in the middle. Um, I, I always love it because, um, I think it usually, th- there's more in the song than you, you usually get this um thing where the chorus is the most important part of the song and you get to the chorus within 40 seconds and i don't know it's like leaving out the foreplay in some way um, <laughs> if i stay with the metaphors you like to use that um <laughs> And I really like it when there's the, the actual climax is like in the last one or two minutes. That's usually a, a sign or a rule of thumb where I can say, okay, there must, there's probably something great in there. Because if I like the chorus now and there's going to be the really great bridge in the end, um, I'm going to keep listening, definitely. Yeah. And as always, you can find those songs and the show notes at sunriserobot.net slash bits and pieces slash 30. If we can find them, if I can find them, or Mike can, um, we're going to put those into our Spotify playlist. You've heard our complaints at the beginning of the show. We hope we can find everything. Um, Otherwise, you can find those on YouTube and we link to those there.
1: Absolutely.
0: You can also always send us feedback. We love feedback and we live on the internet in two different time zones. So you can always reach some of us on Twitter. I'm at Echolux, ECHOLOX, and Mike, you are? At MedWordsMusic. Right. While you're listening and Maybe reading those show notes, you can subscribe to us with your favorite podcatcher so you never really miss an episode. Um, you can just click on this RSS button or on the iTunes button on our website and get straight, uh, you get thrown straight to your podcast app. Maybe you're using the iOS podcast app, maybe you're using Overcast, or on an Android, you can use Podcast Edit or Pocket Casts. And also, you can support us directly. You can support us on patreon.com slash sunrise robot. And some of the rewards there, you can actually get a shout out on one or many of our shows. And with that, special thanks to Bruce Edwards and Andreas Lange. So, see you next week.